welcome to the Love Anarchy Podcast and the Relationship Rebellion, where we get deep about love, relationships, and dating. I'm your host, Andrea Atherton, and love specialist here today with a solo episode on the third part of a series on toxic relationships, trauma bonding, and having relationship with a narcissist. If you'd like to reference ones of the past, episode 31 is Telltale Signs You're Dating a Narcissist, and episode 35 is Toxic Relationships and Toxic Bonding and How Do I Identify Those. This third episode is specifically about recovery and healing from the damage done by the toxic relationship. So these relationships are an overriding, obsessive bondage of the mind. This is also known as trauma bonding, where you find it almost impossible to leave or break free from the insanity. These bonds are more intense than typical, quote unquote, normal relationship bonds because it really promotes addiction because of the good and bad. They're on a pedestal or you're being shamed in that inconsistent reinforcement. It causes an addictive cycle in your mind of not knowing whether you're going to be loved or not. What is toxic is the direct link to chronic emotional and mental s- stress, which is in the forefront with feelings of low self-worth, chronic fear, anxiety, depression, and can lead to paranoia, insecurity, and a feeling of being trapped and helpless. So people often wonder why people don't leave toxic relationships or trauma bonding relationships. It's exactly it because there's been some kind of mental bonding. There's been confusion and often some pitfalls like self-blame is a repercussion of this kind of abuse. What did I do wrong? Um, And it can loop back and forth between moments of mental clarity of understanding that the behavior was not okay and it was abusive to a longing for being loved or being told that they are an okay person because of that abuse. Uh, inner turmoil and wounds um, that need to be acknowledged. And while the narcissist or abuser often will or can never do that, it becomes a mental torture. And the only way it can be figured out is by bringing it back to yourself, which keeps you in a stuck cycle. Um, Another pitfall to being in a toxic relationship is sometimes you will 
try to leave and the partner won't let you leave or will make many, many attempts to either rectify or make you feel better again or threaten you some way or another into coming back into the relationship. I had one client that's boyfriend um, got angry with her and went to Montana to work and she got a phone call. And even though she had blocked his number, he called from another number and he said he was sitting on a hill with a shotgun in his hand and was going to kill himself. So it drew her back into caretaking and triggered her, her fears of, you know, causing someone that much pain. But they will go to many extremes or they will just discard you altogether and leave you with feelings of abandonment and lack of closure. So moving on to moving out of this extreme addiction and low self-esteem and pretty much bottom of the barrel of extreme emotional pain and trauma, nightmares, flashbacks that need to be rectified by first getting away from the abuse. The first thing that many professionals talk about is no contact, zero contact. And while this is difficult is when the mind starts looping around and the self-blame and the low self-esteem comes in, you just want validation that you were cared about. And that's what I hear from, from a lot of my clients. And unfortunately, a lot of these abusers cannot love or were not showing loving behavior, but the clients want to know that they mattered or that they were loved. And Sometimes it's hard for them to hear that maybe their partner wasn't capable of love at all. And the other reason people try to contact their ex is trying to find some closure. Another harsh, difficult part of that is not expecting closure. The narcissist often does not want closure, it wants to be able to kind of leave it hanging and leave you in pain. So you will be kind of garaged until they come back around to see if you are willing to be narcissistic supply again. It boosts their ego when you come following up, especially after no contact. Like they feel like they mean something. It, it boosts their ego. I had one client tell me about her ex when he finally left her and moved in with another woman without saying anything at all to her, without talking to her about it and just dwindling off phone calls. And then one day he's like, yeah, I'm living with this other woman. I'm totally discarding her. It really broke her heart, but it was finally the end after going back and forth and in and out of relationships with this particular narcissist individual. 
she finally, it was her bottom. So he came around one day, although she wasn't answering phone calls, he just happened to drive by her house. And he seemed pleased that she was hurting so much and that she admitted to grieving. And he said, oh, I didn't know you cared. And it just brings that doubt of your feelings of worth. But yet again, in the relationship, you feel that way anyways, except for those moments of relief and that little bit of crumbs of maybe you do mean something to them and maybe they do love you. So my advice is, Block their phone number, or even if you're not ready to block it yet, put as their contact name, do not pick up the phone. It's one of the hardest things for people to do because they almost want, they almost, you know, are are just needing a little hit of that this person who was so abusive cared just a little bit or missed them. And even if they do come back, it's often a ploy of manipulation. Another thing that's really important that in a prolonged abusive relationship is the PTSD side effect of dissociation, of not feeling your feelings or trying to not express your feelings out of fear of being used against you or manipulated, it can really bring up some very intense, painful, and confusing feelings. This is especially compounded if you had a toxic family growing up or narcissistic parents you may have had a pattern of not feeling. I liken this as imagine being t- your head severed from your body and it's not connected. So you try to rationalize all your feelings, but you disconnect from them because it doesn't feel safe to have feelings, to have an opinion. So you just cut them off or disregard them. Some work you can do with this to feel your feelings is meditation, guided visualizations, yoga to get back in your body, or work with a therapist who does somatic work. I integrate that somatic work with yoga therapy where you get back in touch slowly with your body and start begin to feel those sensations of emotions. And sometimes by yourself, it gets so scary. Like if you start to cry that fear that you're never going to stop because the pain is so intense. Stifling the emotions can create grief that hangs on for elongated period of time. Find space, art, writing, 
talking to a close friends to be able to feel and process these feelings that have probably been stored up for a long time. Another important thing is you've probably been keeping this abuse a secret from your friends out of embarrassment or out of hopes that it's going to turn around on its own. Because you probably know if your family and close friends did know the truth, they would tell you to get out. Another thing that happens in these toxic relationships is isolation. There is embarrassment by this person if you bring them around your friends or your family, so you stop doing that. But then they also coerce you into not spending time with family and friends, isolating you from any feedback that may take you away from them. Find a trusted friend or family member or therapist or coach and tell your story. It's so important to be honest and open up. The hesitation about telling the story is your shame, but allow that to go because you've been the victim of this situation, not the perpetrator. The next is bringing yourself or finding your authentic self that's been chopped away during this surviving the toxic relationship. It can make you forget who you really are, what you like, and what makes you happy. When you're first fresh out of an unhealthy relationship, it seems that all that makes you happy is that other person or being loved by that other person, although it's a delusion. And it actually is the cause of your unhappiness. Think about who you were before the relationship. And know that you are still someone after it. Go back to self-care and self-love. When you're in this chronic stress place, self-care and self-love goes out the window because... You're just trying to reduce the conflict in the relationship and avoid the abuse. So focus on the self dwindles as time goes on. These kind of relationships take a huge toll on your emotional and physical well-being. After a breakup is the most important time to find time for you. Though it's cliche, reading a book, taking a bath, buying things that make you feel good, cooking a good meal, or doing things that you stopped doing during the relationship. Although these within themselves may not necessarily make you feel better, but these acts of love build upon themselves and build the idea that you are of value. 
you are priority, your needs, your self-esteem, and self-care are important. Related to this is self-kindness. Oftentimes, victims of toxic relationships are not very nice to themselves and blame is brought on to themselves um, as a pattern through the toxic relationship where the narcissist could never take responsibility and it constantly became your fault. Give yourself space. Don't judge yourself or notice any of the harsh thoughts and try to stop them. Speak to yourself as you would someone that you care about. Allow deep compassion for your experience and know that you're not alone, that many other people have experienced toxic relationships. A study that was out around 10 years ago, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention found that every minute, 20 people are victims of physical abuse by an intimate partner. Mental Health Net surveyed 571 Americans who were or were currently in an abusive relationship. Their responses shed some light on what's really happening behind closed doors. Almost 55% of the respondents indicated they entered into abusive relationship around the ages of 17 to 24, marking this period as people being very susceptible to abuse, which makes sense because of the lack of understanding about adult relationships or being new to relationships. And emotional abuse is harder to quantify than physical abuse and is often confusing to the victim, especially ones who have had or experienced emotional abuse as children. While at a time during a breakup or trying to end a difficult relationship, resilience, it feels kind of difficult to access. It's so important to remind yourself of your strengths and your strength for leaving and surviving a toxic, abusive relationship. And pat yourself on the back, thinking about using the lessons that you learned her here to create better boundaries and that you will see it coming next time if you deal with this effectively. With that said, really examine what you experienced. Again, dissociation and a traumatic or trauma bonding relationship is common in order to cope or survive these extreme bouts of stress and fear. It's important once you feel grounded and safe to assess the experience from your point of view and really recall all the times in a clear way 
and have a therapist or coach validate this story for you. I had one client uh, talk to a friend many years later, um, recalling a time where this friend was over my client's house and her grandmother was having a fit of rage, um, a bipolar manic episode, and started throwing dishes from the china cabinet at this client. The client said, I always thought I was lying to myself or I was fabricating a story until my friend, Crystal, said, do you remember that in sixth grade when your grandmother did that? So even the ones that you thought maybe you didn't see clearly or experienced differently, go ahead and fill in all the blanks. This can be very helpful for your recovery. As you move through this important recovery process, know that it's going to take a little time to move through, but it's going to be worth it. Have patience with the process, having good days and bad days. Don't feel like you've moved backwards or taken steps back because one day you're feeling intense grief. The process can move to many different emotions and some days you can feel really strong and others not so much. But then the next suggestion is make sure you surround yourself with positive focused people and elicit some friends to be there for you during those really dark times of fallout or when you're really wanting to reach out to the toxic person. Really begin to focus on being in this present moment. I teach a lot of my clients who have experienced trauma and have trauma triggers related to their past relationships to look and say, right now, am I okay? Am I safe? Am I well? And except for the emotions, oftentimes you are, even though your mind takes you to that unsafe, triggered place. Recovery is definitely an unpredictable process. Instead of trying to plan or be being attached to being a certain way in the future, really focus on what's happening in that moment. That can bring you peace and centeredness. And truly ask yourself, are you okay and happy in this moment? Or is this a thought about the future or the past? And your power is in the present moment to make things better. Be honest with yourself and ask yourself, what do I need right now? Are you hungry, angry, lonely, tired? Are you dehydrated? What do you need in that moment so you can self-soothe? and support yourself in that current moment. 
Listen to what your body, your mind, or your spirit needs at that time. Knowing that these are just tips to start the healing process or that are really important at the beginning of a healing process, they are a starting point. There are many other things that may come up or that you need to explore or heal as you begin to reclaim your authentic self in your life and the relationships outside of the toxic one. Your recovery is going to look different than everybody else's. And that's okay. Because there is no steadfast right or wrong way or time frame to recover. If you are newly out of a toxic relationship or thinking about taking those steps to move out of a toxic relationship, congratulations. It can be very healing and empowering to move to the other side of that and to learn to love yourself and find your joy in life again. Thanks for listening to the Love Anarchy podcast in the Relationship Rebellion, where we get deep about love, relationships, and dating. I'm your host, Andrea Atherton, Love Specialist, signing off with you today. I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening in with us on Love Anarchy because I know you have a myriad of podcasts that you can listen to. Don't forget to subscribe, ring the bell, like whatever the platform that you listen on requires. Tell your friends so they can listen too. If you're interested in getting involved in the Love Anarchy community, got a Facebook page, Love Anarchy Podcast. I'm going to leave you with my favorite short but sweet quote, love is the only true power. 